Um, so are we rolling, Misty? We sure are. Um, so we can do a little bit of a zero segment. We don't kick into it straight away. Got to get warmed up, get loosey-goosey. Great, great. Um, so um, so you're out on the train until 4 a.m. Oh, no, sorry. You had to get on a train at 4 a.m. Yeah, so I had to get on the train at 4 a.m. to get home. Mm. And, um, and seven hours later, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> the journey, the journey, the journey of people in the city, uh, the Sydney uh, city. Um, I've I've been accustomed to falling asleep on trains. Um, I have gotten drunk in the city. Gotten the last train back, which is normally about one a.m. The train stopped, yeah, yeah. and uh, I ended up on a Blue Mountains train. Fell asleep before Penrith, oh. and I woke up at Katoomba, and I uh, had to ring Misty at like. What, what uh, 2.30 in the morning because it's an hour and a half because <laughs> you couldn't ride. get back yeah no, I couldn't get on a train to get back it was 5am 5, 5 to get back oh man uh, everything's shut there's nowhere to go so I missed out to drive up the mountain to come and get me uh, so I started proceeding walking down the mountain uh, and then she saw me and I was walking against the traffic wow that was great she was able to see you that far away yeah down the mountain yeah that's it yeah um, so uh, I, I've, I've fallen I've done the city loop a few times as well oh fallen asleep on the train cheers another looper yeah 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 on the on the uh, on the loop mm. yeah definitely on the loop uh, in the loop on the loop around the loop um, in and around the loop <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. we're going to be on the loop. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I, speaking of the loop, a big shout out to um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jeline Garcia. Uh, she used to be on a TV show that I used to produce called The Loop. I used to be a, an associate producer on that. That's nice. good. I've got that sorted. So, actually, what, what show was it? What channel was it? Oh, that was TVS back in the day. So, Channel 44 before it all yep. went sour. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we'll do in studio stuff, which, you know, behind a green screen. Beautiful. The Loop was a show that was about um, um, stuff that was happening in Western Sydney, so events. So you could go to, um, uh, you know, what put, what football games are on where, um, what sporting events are on, oh, great, uh, great, great, what, great. what fates are happening, yep. what uh, fairs are happening. It's that kind of a show, an event show. Oh, jeez. Sound like you're playing the guitar there. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful with that smart arm. Does this um does this smart arm? Can you put a beer in it? Ah uh, no, you can't. I should look into that. I've got yeah. to upgrade these arms because they do make a lot of noise. Like there's oh. a lot of reverberation. Wow, to them. that's great though. They are the, the the cheapest arms on the market. Like you can't get any cheaper than these arms. They're the cheapest you can buy. That's uh, okay. Does the job? Yeah, it does it totally does the job. Yeah, but you can you can get ones that have low um, vibration, so they don't mm. make any reverberation okay. at all. But they're very expensive. Yep. Yeah, yeah, maybe one day, one day. But I've got the gold mics. Um, these microphones, I think I got these mic microphones for $50 each. Wow. Yeah, That's, maybe less. Well, less they sound that. incredible. Yeah, they do okay. Like, they do okay for the podcast. Um, yeah. Same with the desk. So, you've got to run it through the desk and then run it through... Well, the real expensive part is the back end, all of the mm, filming of it. Mm. The recording the sound isn't that expensive in, in, in relation to the, in, uh, the footage. The footage is difficult to capture. You need more than one person to do it. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you're editing on your own in, in post. Yeah. Which is a lot of work. When you do an hour-long podcast, you've got to edit it for an hour. Mm. <clears throat> but with that said, I did figure out how to edit in uh, times two. Okay. So, you know how you can like double the speed of content? Yeah. Or, you know, times two, times four, times eight? Right. I can edit in times two. Oh. So, I edit it, so I can get an hour done in half an hour. Wow. Yeah, so I can shorten the amount of time. So, wow. so when you do a show like this, what you want to do is you want to shorten the amount of time it takes you to make it. That's right. Um, but still have the same product. 
We still want the same product. Okay, so you can still hear the the dialogue, but then it's just a bit quicker. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but it's only as I edit it. When I when yeah. I publish it, it comes out normal, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, I I figured out ways. I got it. I got the podcast last year was ninety five hours for the year. Wow. So I've got it down to forty three hours. Okay. To do. Uh, 40, 40 episodes is about 43 to 47 hours. That's how long it will take now. Before, that would take up to 95 to 100 hours. Wow. So, half the time. Half the time by changing the setups it's and the backline. just becoming more efficient. You know, you're learning and you're becoming more efficient. And that's yeah, a little bit more money as well. The more money you got, the faster you can do things. Of yeah. course, of course. Oh, and, and technology um, uh, advancement as well. Um, like the switch desk that we run here is a little Atom. It's called an Atom Mini. A-T-E-M. Atom. Mm. Um, and it allows us to do video switching. Um, Very nice. But I use that for corporate clients as well. So when I do live streaming for, mm. for organizations, I take that little Atom, yeah. hook some cameras into it, and I can do a live uh, broadcast for them. Beautiful. Uh, to Facebook or YouTube or you know, uh, embedded to websites, anything like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So it does. It's a little money maker that little item. So if you uh, fellow podcasters are out there, totally recommend an item. You can do it uh, um, on any two cameras that have an output. So if okay. you've got an output that you can go to HDMI, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. can run an item switcher. So right. you could set yourself up doing the real minimal, bare minimum sort of setup um, through an item. You could probably do. You could probably get it done less than a thousand dollars. Oh wow! If really? you really hunted around in shops, yeah. Okay. Um, Facebook yeah, yeah. Marketplace. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. Well, if you went to like um, get a secondhand camera, that sort of thing. So yeah. Okay. If you've got two secondhand DSLRs that have a HDMI output, mm-hmm. or not necessarily HDMI, it's something that can be converted to an HDMI output. You don't even need the HDMI specifically. You can then run an ATEM, an ATEM switcher, and you just need a computer to run it in the back end. And most computers these days will run the, the graphics for that. Mm. You'd have to have a pretty horrible computer that wouldn't do it for you. That's true. So that's the other expense. You'd need a computer too. So but do you need a? Can you use a laptop, or would you need a proper? Yeah, no, I'll run it on a laptop. Yeah, oh, I'll run it on okay. a, a little um, um, uh, iMac Pro. Perfect. Yeah, so yeah, the back end of this is two machines. So I have the internet searcher, which I then run to this screen. So if we mm-hmm. want to search anything on the internet, I can put that to line. Beautiful. beautiful. Um, or um, uh, and obviously the recorder. I've got a machine that records all of our content. Uh, mm-hmm. So we get a video stream and a and a video and a audio stream out of it. Mm. That's basically how it works. And then you then broadcast to whatever platforms that you work on. I work on uh, Anchor which is um, uh, the RSS side. I can't remember what RSS stands for. Don't don't ask me. I don't know what that stands for. Uh, but essentially, it's an aggregate site. So you put all your content on there and okay. then it will bleed it out to all the other yeah. platforms. Okay. So uh-huh. for me, that's uh, uh, iHeartRadio, um, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Amazon. And Anchor does all of that. Yeah, once you embed it there, okay. it will populate all the other sites for you. Wow. Because you can't go around to all the sites and no, populate it's, it. Yeah. It's too tedious. Mm. And they have different interfaces, um, different rules. So it's good to go to an aggregate site. The only thing that I run separate is the YouTube channel. So there's okay. Anchor and YouTube. That's all where I run it all through. And then you get, that basically will get you everywhere that you can listen to a podcast. Mm. So I, I don't think there's a platform I'm not on. Okay. So it's, it Great. can be done. It can be done on Perfect. a very shoestring budget. Wow, wow, wow. So yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking into Anchor. And so I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. Anchor. Um, it's, w- what's the cost involved? Anchor's free. It's free. So And it populates automatically. Yeah, man. Yeah, Anchor's oh, free. Wow. Um, they, on their site, they will play ads on your content. That's how they make okay. their money. Yeah. But they won't play ads. They also have 
um, I would imagine like an enterprise agreement with Spotify. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've triggered ads on my Spotify. Unless if you subscribe to Spotify, you won't get ads on my podcast. If you don't subscribe to pod- Spotify, you'll get ads on my podcast. That's right. Yeah. Um, but because it's free, I don't get any of that revenue. So um, if you pay for um, an aggregate site, then you get all the revenue. Okay. And when I mean all the revenue, it's not a lot of revenue. Yeah, it's a, what is it, 0.00... 0.06 cents an ad, I think. And that's pretty generous. I think how YouTube's many, lower. How many viewers do you get? Uh, listeners, I should say. Well, I get view, my viewership goes anywhere between uh, 20 to 200, um, mm-hmm. sometimes higher. Um, but uh, my listenership goes from anywhere from uh, 20 to 2,000. That's good. Yeah, so yeah, it's slowly growing. Um, big shout out to the uh, Spotify audience out there. You guys are awesome. And the iHeartRadio guys, you guys are growing. You guys are growing. Um, and uh, yeah, so not 89% of my listenership is in uh, Australia mm-hmm. and uh, 6% in the States. And I think I've got 3% in Ireland. And oh, wow. Yeah, and I've got... I'm Ireland, a, all the way over there. Yeah, all the way over in Ireland. I don't know what my appeal is over there, but apparently there is one. Uh, and I get listeners in Germany, uh, Indonesia, nice. wow. Malaysia. Um, there's well, a few other little Now you're going to get a Taiwan. I've got a good friend of mine. He's a film director. Okay. And um, I was just doing a, uh, a talk, you know, motivational talk. And uh, I'm looking at that beer and I'm thinking... Oh, man, you want one? Yeah, I'd love one, actually. I knew that would happen. That always happens on the page train. <laughs> Someone goes, no, I'll be, I'll be cordial and I'll, 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 I'll be disciplined and I'll uh, be tight lips and I'll make sure that I... I say the right things on the on the show. Oh no, just give me one of those beers. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Um, no, <laughs> six beers later. Six beers later, uh, you'll be fine. Mm, mm. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, my good friend uh, Adrian Fang. Okay, big he, shout out, Adrian. Big shout, Adrian. And he invited me to go to speak to his students. And yeah, look, we were having a chat about mindset, about you know how you can be happy, um, you know how to increase your immunity through COVID-19, all these things. Important. That's important yeah, stuff. definitely. Yeah. Oh, they really enjoyed it. And um, had about 38 people on there. About 20 of them were students. Mm. Then I had some teachers, even had the director of the school on there as well. Mm. Even said, you know, when all this uh, settles down and whatnot, mm. that I can come over to Taiwan and actually do a lecture there for them. And Oh, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Well, dude, I think it's, it sounds like we're ready to do this show. What do you reckon? I think we are. Mate. I think we're ready to do it. Yeah. I thought we were yeah, already cheers, on the show. Man. Are we already? We already are. I'll, I'll do, I do play the zero segments. Well, I still got to do the intro. Got oh, to do the intro, right? right? Yep. So here we go. You ready to go there, Miss Ting? And welcome to the Pager Train. Uh, today, I have in the studio with me Helder Fernandez, uh, inspirational speaker, MC, and uh, general host uh, for anything that you need hosted. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and uh, looking forward to going on this adventure here today. <laughs> well, you're certainly aboard the Pager Train in the drinks cart, no doubt about that. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, th- thanks for doing the show at short notice. Um, uh, I had, Thank I had you for a, having me. Uh, you, you're on my target list, um, but you just had to advance further down the list uh, sooner rather than oh, later. Okay, got oh. shortlisted. Well, what I do is, yeah, I do a, a, like a round robin. I ring like four um, guests in a month in advance, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I or sometimes I ring six guests and go, "When's a good time uh, to do a show with you?" And then I put it in my spreadsheet, and then I give them a call. Um, but I, I kind of got all caught up and you know on my guest list because sometimes things get chaotic. And I had a cancellation. I'm like, oh, well, he's in the next batch of my targets. So I'm like, well, who do I target? I go, oh, Helder will do it. He'll, he'll, he'll come around. He'll, he'll do a solid for me. Yeah, done. Um, but yeah, so motivational speaking. So um, what got you into motivational speaking? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot of people ask me that. So I remember myself when I was younger, I struggled a lot with mindset. I struggled a lot with understanding who I am. And I remember being about seven years old, the first time that I actually cooked. And I'm sitting down looking at this mirror and I can see my eyes looking back in the reflection. And I said, I'm hungry. I need to cook. And I started to give myself all these motivational things. Be like, you know, you just read all those books. You've just done that. You've just done this. You've just done that. Okay, you can do it. Mm. You know, you can do it. And that was where it began. And then I was able to cook, even though it had no salt in the soup. But it doesn't <laughs> matter. And um, and then after that, I just started to keep enhancing my, my mind and my mindset with um, different courses and knowledge, life experience. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and now here I am. Well, uh, so motivational speaking, that's like a, about being um, positive, um, looking, is it more than just looking at the, you know, the, the, the silver lining in a bad situation? Is it, is it more than that? It's way more than that. It's not just, it's not just the silver lining. Mm. We have to really look deeper than that. We have to look deeper down to the root cause. Why is this actually happening? And why are we putting ourselves in this situation for this to happen? Mm. And why are these thoughts coming up? If these thoughts are coming up from, you know, from childhood, usually between zero and seven years old, mm -hmm. we have so much influence in our life that we really need to have a look at that as well because we neg neglect it and we overlook it. Mm. So it's important to see that and then move forward and to always, like you were saying before, um, yeah, coming back to that. Yeah, okay. Well, um, like, um, I guess as well, like, uh, it's interesting you say like how we're affected from zero to seven because like, mm. I talk to a lot of artists and yeah. we all seem to have the same problem and that's an imposter monster. Mm. That's that voice that shows up usually when you're tired. Mm -hmm. doesn't mm -hmm. like, you know, it doesn't show up when you're, you know, um, uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed. It shows up when you're at your most vulnerable mm. and it will tell you that you can't do this. It mm. will tell you that you have no business doing this. Like this, this is a common thing with writers, musicians, uh, actors, mm. um, feeling out of place, feeling that they don't deserve what they're doing. They haven't earned what they're doing. And that mm. voice shows up. And I, I generally, when I talk to people about that, I find it is from their childhood. Mm. Um, when, I, when I listen to my own imposter monster, um, it took me a while to identify where did that voice actually originate. And it's usually by someone putting you down when you were younger. That's right. And that voice yep. stays with you. 100%. Um, uh, but you, you go through techniques to sort of um, uh, mute that voice and to, to rearrange what that, 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 that vernacular is? Yeah, so... It, these psychological things, you know, um, NLP therapy, which is one of the things that I, neuro-linguistics programming for the viewers who don't know what NLP is, mm -hmm. it's really about understanding the mind. And um, there's another technique, which is a timeline therapy involved, which is also NLP. Mm -hmm. And we go back in time to the root cause of where these things happened, but we approach it in a way where we don't um, judge it. Mm -hmm. We just see it for what it is, and then we come back to now. And there's a certain way of actually processing it. Um, and actually doing the technique, you can't just, you know, go and make it happen. Mm. However, it's important to to just be, you know, to really just see, and be comfortable. Mm. You know, if you if you if you if you're not comfortable, then maybe that's not the right time for you to go dive deep into that. Yeah, that's true you know? as well. You got to be comfortable. Um, other advice I've given to people before as well, especially people that are looking for a partner. Um, mm. And when I talk to them, I go, it doesn't sound like you like yourself. And, and I go, what do you mean? I say, well, you're looking for someone to like you. Yep. But if you can't like yourself, how could you expect someone to like you? 
You've got to have confidence right. in yourself first 100%. before you find a partner. Because if you don't have confidence in yourself, you may find a partner, but they may, you may find yourself in a toxic relationship by doing that. Um, that is so on point. Yeah. That is so, so on point. You've got to really enjoy... I, I say to people, you've got to enjoy your own company. Um, if you don't enjoy your own company, then how do you expect someone else to hang around with you? That's right. You've got to, you've got to enjoy your own company. But sometimes uh, silence can be deafening. It's when that, that imposter monster shows up. No mm. wonder you're lonely. No one likes you anyway. You know, like, mm. you know, all of these negative voices. How did you overcome that? Um, I think I overcome that by reprogramming myself. And it's still, don't get me wrong, I'm constantly reprogramming because that, that, mm. that negativity will, or it's like, that battle is never over. I don't believe it's ever over. It gets diluted, mm. but if you, don't, if you don't keep a guard at the gate, someone will get in. That's true. Um, so, uh, but I think I did it through sort of, um, like you, like, I think you gave a terminology to it, um, uh, you know, neuro, uh, what was it, neuro language re- uh, reprogramming? Neuro linguistics programming. Yeah, neuro, neuro linguistics pro- uh, programming, right? I think I've done it that way. Okay. Um, uh, listening to that, um, I I I'm a big believer in like the muscle. The brain is a muscle, and the the way you exercise it, the way it remembers. It's also a computer. What you put into it is what you'll get out of it. If you tell yourself the that most you most powerful computer that we have, it's the most powerful computer known to existence. Yes. When you think about it, it's the only thing that can study itself in nature. Wow. Right. When you think about it that way, mm. it's a very powerful thing. Uh, you know, the, the brain can give you um, Da Vinci. That's true. But it also can give you Stalin, mm. right? As a, okay. it, it, it can be yep, wielded yep, for, yep, for yep. evil as well, right? But I, I think um, with myself, I, I think I got over things by telling myself that I'm a good person and, 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 and taking stock of what, is, what, what I possess rather than I don't have. When we get negative, we tend to go, well, I don't have this. And if only my situation was different, it would be okay. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that your situation isn't different and this is what you've got. So when you take stock of what you actually possess, you then have the ability to then action it into, into, uh, put it into action. So you can come up with a plan. You go, well, I possess these 12 things and I have these six friends and I've got this idea and now, now it becomes manageable. Now it becomes real. When you start talking about the things that you don't possess, that you can't do anything with the money you don't have. Exactly. So you need to think about what you actually possess. So I took stock of myself mm. and I started um, telling myself in a positive way. And I always have to, I always get tripped up with it, especially when I'm tired and I'm working. Um, I always have to remind myself, no, you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing and, you, and, and you're doing a good thing. Um, especially for me, when money gets involved, it can be stressful. Mm-hmm. So you just want to earn a living uh, ultimately. And when you don't, uh, when you don't um, cover all the bills all the time, that can be depressing. Mm. And that can get you down, especially as a as an artist or as a um, you know someone that works for themselves. It's a, it's a narrative that I want to challenge fellow artists. Mm. I think yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's, it's I think it's quite serendipitous that you've ended up in the studio at this time and at this mm. point in history. Um, but uh, I think yeah, by telling people um, that they're doing okay is good. By reminding people not to put themselves down is good. Um, I think Misty's got the best saying for that, actually. Um, don't put yourself down. Don't talk yourself out of it because you, know, you don't need people putting you down or whatever. Um, you, put, you do enough of that yourself. That's right, that's right. Well, you get, you, you've got that covered. Um, but the negative voice seems to be the louder one. Like mm. the, the, good, the guy that in, uh, that's inspirational inside you doesn't have a megaphone. That's right. So, ah... Mm. Uh, it's uh, these topics, these things that human nature, how interesting we are. Mm. You know, I often will sit down and I'll just ponder to myself and I'll think human nature, how, how interesting we are. Mm. We go through these struggles and you know, hurdles and 
just to come out the other side and actually look back and reflect on our life and think, hmm, can I do that a little bit differently? Mm. Or could I have done it a bit differently? Mm. But it's about having that awareness, but not judging it. Yeah. You know? So don't, we judge too much of our society, especially in Australia with the tall poppy syndrome and mm. all of that. It's, you know, everyone watching out there, I'm going to challenge you, like, you know, what we're speaking about right now, I'm going to challenge you to challenge that narrative of, you know, that imposter syndrome of you are good enough, you can do it. Mm. You know, you have this amazing world, so many resources at your fingertips and it all starts off by looking yourself in the mirror every day and saying, hey, I love you. You're the sexiest person in the world. I love you so much. You know, I fucking love you. Yeah. Now, it's an important thing to think as well. And as well, I think my motivational space is the shower. Um, when I'm in the shower, it's very motivational. Especially when you get out Are of Are you bed. a shower singer? I'm a shower singer for sure. Can we yeah. hear a little bit of that? Oh, no, not right now. I think no. the neighbours have had enough of me singing in the last 24 hours. Uh, but um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm a shower singer. I'm a car singer. Mm. Uh, I recommend people uh, to sing even if they can't sing. It, it is good for you. It's good for you. Um, uh, it's everything is rhythmic, right? To uh, release. Yeah. Well, I think another another analogy I use uh, for this sort of uh, uh, conversation is when I go um, bodyboarding when I when I'm in the ocean. Okay. Nice. Because when you're in the when you when you when you're in the ocean, you've got we're about to go body bodyboarding. I mainly body I mainly go surfing in um, uh, Perth, but I do do it over here. Oh, so wow. the Pacific Ocean's a different beast. Okay. Um, but there are some decent point breaks out this way. But mm-hmm. my favourite breaks are definitely in Perth. Have you have you surfed in the Tassie? No, no, I haven't surfed down there, mate. I don't know how the people do it. No, oh, oh so no, you cold. get you get used to it. You get used to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. My friend was telling me that your feet just get numb. You've seen all these guys. You know, it's one, one degree, two degrees, three degrees, and they're mm. all out there on their board. Urinating in your wetsuit can be quite a pleasurable experience, but um, <laughs> but I, I just I, <laughs> but no, but I, just back to my analogy though, I, I just think Continue. that I just think um, when I'm in the ocean, right? Mm. If you don't get in sync with those waves, they will kill you, mm. right? If you get in sync with them, you'll have the best ride of your life, and then you're just this little speck in this chaotic ocean, and you've got the whole ocean behind wow. you, and the wave that is showing up was predetermined before you got up that morning. It was set in motion before you arrived at the beach. But you arrived at the beach, you paddle out, and there it is. And you've got a choice. Do we get in sync with it, or do I fight against it? And if I fight against it, it's going to be the most uh, horrendous experience. But if I get in sync and charge with it, and have a bit of bravery and you know, drop in on it, and then start to carve, all of a sudden I'm having a ride. And I think life is very much like that. If you don't get in sync with life, it will chew you up. It's and very, very true. Yeah, so I find that is a very good analogy. I think music is a good analogy. Singing, letting your voice out mm. is important. I think visualizing what you want is important. Um, uh, your audio experience with yourself, what you tell yourself is important. What you tell others is important. You sound like a motivational speaker. I <laughs> <laughs> get you on stage. <laughs> it's been said before. It has oh, been okay. said before. I, I, I do... I do like to inspire people. Mm. I like to, and, and hence the show, like running a podcast and doing a festival. I, I like to inspire people. It's amazing. I like to get uh, the best out of them and to make them realize, well, especially in Western Sydney, you don't need to be ashamed of your postcode. That's you're, right. you're fine the way exactly. you are. In fact, um, you're more marketable the way you are. 
you have a story. That's right. Well, I mean, Especially now. Yeah, totally. If you're from Western Sydney, you definitely have a story. Mm. It's definitely a unique story. And most most people that are in Western Sydney um, are either, um, you know, second, uh, first, second generation Australians, right? Yeah. Or they're, um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, First Nation Australians, mm. right? There's a, there, there is such a contrast of different cultures, languages, arts in Western Sydney. So did you know that Liverpool is actually the most diverse city in the world? Wow. I, I, I believe it. diverse. It, it was a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if it still is currently. However, it, most mm. diverse in the world. That's mm. just, you know, I love that. For me, uh, culture, like you were saying before, culture different people, different food, and everybody's getting along. Mm. You know, we have or all these- mostly getting along. Mostly getting along. Yeah, yeah. We have all these dramas around the world. Sometimes I just think, you know what? Get, get off your high horse, come to Liverpool. Yeah, go, go to Westfields, Liverpool, check it out. Come to Liverpool. <laughs> come to the festival and live- Come to the festivals. <laughs> come, come to, come to Lakemba when they've got the festival, mm. you know, and it's 24 hours mm. and everyone's eating food on the street, you know. Yeah, there is it's a really. Beautiful. I love the culture in Liverpool. Actually, mm. when you walk through Liverpool Mall, you see people playing ping pong. You see people playing chess. You see uh, the, um, the the older generation people like that smoking main, and, that and main street. Yeah, chess. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, um, the, what's that? What's that drag the, there? Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's the Westfield. It's Macquarie. Mm-hmm. It's Macquarie Mall. Yeah, okay. yeah, Macquarie Mall. Man, there's people like smoking and uh, having uh, coffee. Um, and you could walk through there and you'll hear six different languages. It's amazing. And uh, everyone's playing chess and playing ping pong mm. or going about their day shopping. Um, and you'll see a variety of different stores where you can de- get different meat, different vegetables. Uh, um, it, it is, it is, I think Liverpool is an unpredicted jewel in the future because mm. it is literally the doorway to the, metro, uh, the, um, the, the metropolis that's coming. Because you've got the airport going in. Yeah. And that's the first gateway, right? Mm. Now, Liverpool is the first gateway to that uh, connection to the city. Well, it's Liverpool City. Yeah. That's what it's called now, Liverpool City. And it should be. It should mm. be. Even when I was growing up in the area, because I grew up near Liverpool. Okay. I grew up in Campbelltown. Oh, beautiful. Um, and, uh, well, the irony for me, like, I've got, there's a really, I've got a, a, cool, a bit of a cool backstory when it comes to Liverpool. Mm. Because um, when I was a child, um, we used to have... Um, the first cinema we had was Demerick Street Cinemas in Campbelltown. Still there, by the way. A really good twin cinema. But that's what the experience was in Australia. You know, I think just, my brother. I think my brother's going to go there today. Yeah. Okay. To that one. Yeah. Well, is it? Yeah. Well, most cinemas were twin cinemas. You'd have one mm. cinema, and then you know the primary cinema, cinema one, and cinema two. That was it. And then the multiplexes started coming out, and the first multiplex came uh, to Liverpool, and that's the fest. That's where the festival is now. So the first time I went to really see a really big VMAX film was at Liverpool, and it's the same cinema where I get the show Made in the West. Wow, that's so, incredible. Yeah, so I, I grew up going to that cinema. Wow. Yeah, oh, and don't get me wrong, when um, because it was Greater Union back then, mm. uh, but out at Campbelltown, then the Greater Union popped up there. Do you remember the Greater Union song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to escape to the movies, Greater Union, that's what I want. Yeah, that was the old, uh, <laughs> that's the old jingle. Everyone knows that jingle. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, well, I'm well, I, again. Ironically, um, you know, some of my, the market things that I do, the things I do for profit, are for ads that play before mm-hmm. those cinema uh, the cinema ads, right? Yeah, that's right. So I, I do I do that sort of thing. But yeah, it's just amazing how it goes full circle. Where I'm, you know, um, on leave uh, from work, and I'm in Liverpool watching Lord of the Rings on this really big screen, and then you know. 15 years later, I'm running a festival in exactly the same cinema. Mm. Um, so it's good to bring, not only bring it back to... I love West. that. absolutely love that. It's so like... Yeah, it's got a wholesomeness to it. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's got a lot of joy and energy in it. You. 
Yeah. It's great. And um, I think, yeah, that for that to happen to me was just absolutely amazing. It's, it's just absolutely mm. fantastic. Um, but um, yeah, so, but you do, um, you've been uh, doing a bit of motivated, mo- motivational speaking uh, of a late. Uh, tell us about yeah. that. So you're doing a, a recent speaking event? Yeah, so I was just mentioning before, um, the we had a speaking event with a couple of great friends of mine mm-hmm. and actors. Mm-hmm. So we had uh, Luke Ford from The Mummy. I'm not sure if you remember The Mummy. Yeah, I know The, the Mummy. Last Mummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he also, is Black Balloon. Mm-hmm. where he did an incredible performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, we had Luke Ford there. He was speaking big about... Big shout out to Luke. Big shout out to Luke. Um, I'll be sending this to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and he spoke about the struggles that he went through mm-hmm. and how he overcame them and really about mindset. And we started to talk about Dr. Joe Dispenza. We started to talk about how to, you know, how to be happy with yourself, how to, you know, just be comfortable in your own shoes mm. and not judge yourself and really speaking about that mm. uh and then we had Mojan uh as the Mojan who was there as well mm-hmm. he's um one of the shows that he was on is uh C mm-hmm. in uh on Apple I'm not sure if you know C the show with uh Jason Momoa I don't it's the only one I don't subscribe to I subscribe to everything else except for Apple and Fox that's okay there's a few there's a few <laughs> if you have a look um there's I a should. few I should yeah yeah um, yeah, sorry, what Ma- was that fellow's name? Majan Aria. Yeah, Majan Aria. Big shout out, big, uh, mate, big shout out. Yeah, I saw him at the um, Iran um, Film Festival. Okay, the, Iran- Iran- the Iranian Film Festival. Yeah. Where, where, where do they hold that? That's uh, the Dendi in Newtown. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty um, um, uh, stylish venue, actually. I like it's really venue. nice. I yeah. like it. It's uh, it rem- I love these little venues as well, like the Palace Cinema in Leichhardt. Yeah, that's a great you know. venue. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, Majan spoke about his journey, spoke mm-hmm. about mindset. He had a few questions for Luke because mm-hmm. he was even saying growing up, he won the, Majan uh, won the Heath Ledger scholarship. Oh, wow. And uh, growing up, he actually, you know, he saw Luke as a great actor up and coming and he was actually asking a few questions and it was such a beautiful couple of moments that mm. I saw there between them and just everyone. And then Noel uh, G. Whelan, who was there as well, talking mm-hmm. about his experience on set. And uh, he had a funny story about when his pants got ripped um, from back to front because, and then the director was like, "Whatever you do, don't rip the suit. Yeah. Don't rip it." It's the only one they got. <laughs> exactly. And what happens? He rips, he rips it straight away. Yeah. Um, well, we well, there's another way sometimes to word that. Like um, Misty would even say to me, "Don't word the negative. Don't tell people what they shouldn't do. Tell them how. Tell them what they should be doing. Make sure you keep that suit intact. Exactly. So rather I, than don't I, rip it." Our brain can't actually read that. Mm. If I say, if, if you say to a child, don't do that, they don't actually hear the word don't. Mm. All they hear is do that. Yeah, that's right. right. So, you know, don't put don't put the glass on the table like that. Mm. They're, they're thinking in their mind, okay, I'm going to put it like that. Yeah, well, it becomes psychology. an option. It becomes an option. Whether they do or don't, it's still an option, right? Mm. So don't put that in as an option to rip your pants. Put it in as an option is to keep it intact. Just keep, make it. sure you keep that intact. That's right. Because now you're looking at the integrity of it rather than the mistake of ripping it. So it's a different way to look at it. Just to clarify as well, um, Noel G. Whelan, he's mm. uh, 27 years in anti-counter-terrorism. Oh, wow. In, sorry, in counter-terrorism. Mm-hmm. And uh, travel around the world. He's also a military advisor for governments. Oh wow! And also a military a film military advisor as well. I should get this guy on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not? Let's get him on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll have a chat. Yeah, yeah. Have a chat with him. I'll have get him a chat on the show. With him. He's quite busy at the moment, but I'll see what I can. Oh, I can do. talk military all day, man. All day. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so it was great. 
experience. He's actually got a book uh, as well. I'll send it to you. It's called Where Demons Dread. Okay. And um, I'll I'll email it to you. You can have a read. Yeah, man. Hook us up with an um, interview. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's good to get some... Uh, I've only had a couple of veterans on the show. So it'd be good to get some, uh, someone like that on. That'd be great. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And so, yeah, we just had this amazing environment. We had uh, about 45 people there um you know listening and asking questions and it was just a great experience you know overall and we need more community things like that you know that's why i love to support film festivals that's why mm. i love made in the west film festival because mm. it's that community it's about giving an opportunity for everyone to to come along and hear have their voice heard mm. yeah it is it really is um uh, we get a lot of pats on the backs about things uh, but really all we're doing is setting a platform and allowing rules of that platform to be accessible to everyone so you don't, there's no topic that you have to cover. You can just make the movie you want to make. The only, the only real pressure is the time. So you've got to keep it under 15 minutes is pretty much the biggest rule at Made in the West. You've got to keep it under 15 and you need to have either made it in Western Sydney or you need to be from Western Sydney and made it. Or both. You can do both. All those combinations so are welcome. So let's ask you, how far west? How far west? Uh, we go as far as the Blue Mountains. Yeah, any further than that? No. 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 We haven't, we've never come across that as a problem. Okay. But um, but as well, like it depends. Like um, you, there's always an angle. If you think about it, for filmmakers, what we try to do is encourage people to employ people from Western Sydney. Therefore, they can then enter the festival. Yeah. Or we um, encourage people to make films in Western Sydney because it creates employment. Yeah. That's that's the deal. Mm. So you just need to hire someone from Western Sydney to get your film into the festival, or just have a scene in Western Sydney. Then you can submit it to the festival. It doesn't matter that you live in Lithgow. Yeah. Like what matters is where you made your movie. What matters right. is who's in your movie. That's what matters, mm. and that's that's the qualifier for it. Um, the hardest one we have to deal with is how close to the CBD. Like when does Western Sydney start? Oh. Like we can figure out where it pretty much ends. Okay. So where, it's where difficult. Is it? Difficult. Well, once you leave the CBD, you're now west of Sydney. So Marrickville. So, so where's the yeah, but Sydney? Well, we take films from Marrickville. We don't think we've ever taken one from Sydney, actually. But that's an interesting thing, though. Like, it's mm. hard to define what Western Would Sydney Redfern is. Would Redfern be Western Sydney? See, that's very that's very close. That's the border. Yeah. And you'd think that from the ethos and the and the, mm. and the posture of Maine in the West, you would accept films from Redfin. Yeah. Because especially um, uh, having the, the high population density of first Australians there, we go, Definitely. we would love to welcome those films. Of course, of course. And, and we would encourage that. Um, but we did, we did um, because we've recently, um, uh, we've been working on our magazine. Um, so um, we've got a magazine coming out, which we've got more That's announcements. exciting. We've got more announcements. I can't talk about it too much just yet. That's exciting. Um, but we're making a magazine. That's and why we- I came dressed. <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, I yeah we we um, found found out some statistics um, in building the magazine of how okay. many films have been in the festival, how many people have participated, and uh, I do remember the our indigenous content uh, is at about two percent. So two percent of the content we get is is mm-hmm. is um, indigenous, but um, and I think it's like sixty forty, so forty percent women, sixty percent men. But I think more women have actually won the festival than men. Very good. Yeah, so we, we've nice got... To see that. We have more female champions than we do male. Nice to see that. Um, and there's a smaller portion of them. So, uh, yeah, that, I, I don't know. I don't know what all that data means yet, but it's certainly interesting to look at. Would you accept uh, opera films? Oh, anything. Okay. The, the only thing... Yeah, yeah, anything. Um, mm. uh, um, certainly, we all... Uh, what do you mean by opera? Like a, Well, I've got a few friends of mine. One of them uh, works in Opera Australia. 
And I've got another friend of mine. He is quite big in the opera community. Mm-hmm. He creates operas, mm-hmm. perform, uh, performs them, and he also has directed some opera films. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it'd be great to, you know, if you. What do you mean, like a platform. music video? Or? So it's like a. Um, or a documentary. It's. It's, just, it's interesting. It's a bit like um, the way I understand it. It's mm. a bit like a, it's a documentary, mm-hmm. but it's almost like it's like a musical. I see. So it's, it's like a a, um, a film essay. Yeah, yeah. It's a film essay. Yeah, we accept film essays. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a bit like that. Yeah. Um, film essays are harder to judge um, because they're on the borderline of being a music video or a doco. Okay. So there are film essays are their own genre, mm-hmm. but we accept um, a big part of Maine in the West is we accept all genres, okay. all of them. So whether it's horror, whether it's drama, whether it's documentary, whether it's web series, doesn't matter. Okay. Whatever you want, whatever you want to make, make it. There's no rules to what you need to make. The rules are what what's in your heart and what's in your mind. You know, <laughs> I was just having a think there for a sec. If you you know people. There's so much energy inside of them, so mm-hmm. much love. Can, all these crazy things, mm-hmm. are crazy things, awesome things, <laughs> awesome things, and they they doubt themselves. And mm-hmm. what's what would you suggest is something that people need to hear? Just a couple of words, because I mean, you are a motivational speaker. Yeah, I guess I guess um, if you've got an idea or you're thinking about an idea like okay. this is let me do a bit of a preamble into this like I'll, when i'm in a pub talking to someone and someone figures out you're a filmmaker they all come up and say the same thing to you i've got an idea for a movie you go okay do you have a script and they go no so i go you've got an idea for a script you don't have an idea for a movie you have mm-hmm. an idea for a script because a script is an idea for a movie right you know we need the idea for the movie yet you've got an idea for a script if you haven't written anything you've got an idea for a story not a movie because oh this would make a great movie everyone says it all the time um, so what I recommend to budding uh, storytellers, because if I'm giving advice to a storyteller that thinks that they may have an idea about an idea, right? I would say, um, write down 12 people that you know well, that would be in your story mm. or be characters in your story that are suited to your story, right? 12 people that you know well, that could perform something that you know that could be done. Write down 12 locations that you have access to. I right. should be writing this down. This it is should. great. Right, right. This is this is how I'm you come watch up. this again. Because like, there's no point coming up with an idea of, um, all right. So I've got this movie idea. We go to Mars, and then when we get there, there's this um, underground Martian army that marches out of the rocks and takes us all out, and, mm. and then it's a, a coming over adversity film. You go, that sounds great. How much does it cost to shoot that movie? So I guess my, what what I'm really getting to is, don't be afraid to dream, mm. but understand that your dreams have to exist within your budget. That's right. So you have to be, it's a, it's a paradox. You have to be able to dream, but be realistic at the same time. So in my advice to being realistic while dreaming is come up with 12 people, you know, 12 actors that would be in your movie or five or two or whatever, whatever but no mm. more than 12. Okay. Come up with 12 people that can be in your movie. Come up with 12 crew members. Find a, someone that's going to shoot your movie. Someone's going to mm. edit your movie. Find a place where you can edit it. Make sure you've got the software to do so. Once you've got that, then you've got an idea of how to have an idea. You, you know, like, um... <laughs> if you could do just like a, um, you know, I think Saw did it really well. Like, you know, the horror film Saw? Yeah. Right? Uh, so, James uh, won. Yeah. So the, they, they got their idea in a pub, right? So they're sitting in a pub. They'd won a film contest where they were given, I think, like half a million dollars. And they're like, how do we make a feature film with half a million dollars? Because when you think about a... Uh, a Very incredible. I've seen the, the, I've read a bit about this story. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're in a pub and the Mad Max is on the telly, right? Mm-hmm. So they're watching Mad Max. And in Mad Max, he goes, here's a Saw... 
That saw is strong enough to cut through your leg, but it is not strong enough to cut through that chain. Have a good day. Right? And he leaves the car on fire. End of the movie, right? So they've gone, all right, so two people in a room. In a room. So we've got a location that we have access to and two people. They base the entire film off two people, a saw that can only cut through bone. That's where they started with that idea. There was no, like, you know, the background bad guy. They didn't have mm. any of that. None of that story existed. All existed was a room and two people and a saw and two chains. And from that, they unpacked the entire, an entire um, empire now. Like, how many it's one of the highest grossing films for yeah. such a low budget. And horror usually is quite low budget as mm. well. Yeah, it's and a genre film. Yeah, it's a genre film, man. Uh, so my advice is like, pick a room that you have access to. Use a camera that is within your means. Yeah, get a saw, two people in there. Two people, um, you know, <laughs> uh, chain them up. Chain them up. Uh, maybe get some um, council permits, perhaps. Yeah, that might and, be helpful. Uh, and make sure you put a couple of cameras in there. And yeah, yeah get some GoPros and go nuts. Um, um, g- give these guys chainsaws, <laughs> fuck it. Um, but look, I, I, <laughs> but that's my advice to people. Be realistic, but don't be afraid to dream. Yeah, like, dr- right. Dream away, but just dream within mm, your means. Mm. Um, another good example would be Clerks. You know the film Clerks um, uh, by Kevin Smith? I've, oh, I haven't seen it in such a long well, time. Well, basically, it's two guys in a, in a, in a, in a uh, convenience store okay. yeah, talking all day yeah. in black and white. You know, it's two yeah. guys. Mm. Like he just, he's got his friends to shoot a movie and he's written a script around his friends. Yeah. People that have the potential to perform that. Um, so that's that's how that movie was made. It was made on a shoestring budget, with no accessibility to the, excuse me, to the industry at all. So if you're a budding artist, do something within your means. If you want to, like, and, and as well, if you're a musician, you've got choices. Right? You've got other choices as a musician, and same as a filmmaker. You can join a film crew or start a film crew. Mm. Uh, if you're a director, you're probably starting a film crew. If you if you want to learn how to be a filmmaker, join a film crew. Um, there's plenty of advertisements for free work out there. Don't you worry. Um, a lot, especially on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, go on Marketplace, man. Like, there's people looking for runners all the so time. So where's, where's the fine line between doing free work and doing paid work? What's the line? What do you think is the line? I think the line is if you are a beginner, you have to expect to work for free. Yeah. If, you, if you're just starting out Agreed. as an actor, you have to expect to work for free. Um, if you're a director that is um, not paying everyone and constantly working and you're getting paid, you're taking the piss. Yeah, that's like, right. you got to pay your people. That's right. um, uh, for me, every time I have an opportunity to pay my people, I pay them. Um, and if I can't, I enroll them in the idea. Like I can't pay you on this, but you'll get lunch, get lunch, and I'll get you drunk. I can, I can pay you that. Um, you know, and that's usually a good deal. <laughs> well, you got to feed everyone, feed everyone, and get them drunk at the. It's uh, the right a, it reminds me of um, it's like a first date. It's like I'll give, I'll give you a meal, and I'll get you drunk. Yeah, yeah, that's but all I can. But promise. I need, I need you to make love to my camera, and I just, I, I, I think. <laughs> Um, yeah, but as musicians though, um, you have a choice. You can either start a band or join a band. Mm. Um, so I, both are as equally as hard as each other. They have their own con- pros and cons. Mm. If you're a writer, most people that are writers, um, there's two kinds of writers that I run into. Um, those that write and don't publish and those that don't write and wish to publish. Mm. Um, it's the same with comedians like, so how- as well. Like all, all comedians want to be act. Um, you know, musicians and all musicians want to be comedians, man. The grass is always greener. But the thing is, if you're pursuing art, understand that uh, when you first start doing it, you're not going to make money. Uh, understand that you shouldn't be doing it for the money. Understand yeah. that you should be doing it out of passion. This this comes back down to what I my philosophy, which is what I help people to understand. Well, actually, I don't. Let me rephrase that. I don't help anyone. Mm. I just show how you can live that way, mm-hmm. which is falling in love with your journey, falling in love with your story. 
Mm. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So falling in love with your story is something that, you know, we as a society struggle with. And then when we start to fall in love with that and we don't have these expectations, mm. we start to follow from our heart and our heart and our mind are in sync. Mm. And when we're in sync, remember we were talking about the waves. Mm. When we're in sync and we connect to the natural rhythm of the, the world, because mm. we emit the same frequency, humans emit the same frequency that the earth emits. Mm. And when we're in sync with all of that, we're unstoppable. Yeah, we're on the wave. And everything just aligns the way it needs to. But if you're not on the wave, you're in chaos. You're drowning. That's right. That's you're, right. you're drowning and the next wave's about to hit. The thing that's, the next opportunity is about to knock you over rather than be a, a, an assist to you. 100%. Yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I definitely think that way. I definitely think that way. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, um, but you've got to, whatever analogy works for you. But I, I, I think scientists, have, well, I don't think, I know that scientists have done a lot of study into this. Um, they've, they've found that um, you know your neural uh, your neuroactivity just doesn't exist in your brain. It actually exists in other parts of your body. That they have found um, that there is neural activity in your heart region. So neurons are being fired off of nervous system in your heart and, and in and in your gut as well. Mm-hmm. So we always have it like a gut feeling. They is, say they say our gut is our first brain. It's our first brain. That's yeah. exactly right. And they, and science shows that this is true through evolution. Yep, that's right. Um, if you look at little gut uh, organisms that are floating in the ocean, they have fear responses. They understand when danger is about. Mm. They don't, you know, they don't think of you know E equals MC squared. They're not That's a brain right. that thinks like that, but they're a brain that can avoid danger or um, find a partner. Right. So they, they, they're a brain that can do that, and that's your gut. Your gut mm. understands that. Your heart. When we describe emotions, we talk about the heart. It's actually found that there is more neural activity sent from your heart to your brain than your brain to your heart. Did you know that? Wow. Your, your brain sends more, your heart sends more messages to the brain than your brain sends to the heart. Wow. So it, 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 it is information heavy. Well, it, it makes sense when we hear about this, um, you know, when you get a heart transplant and mm. they start to have vivid memories or dreams of it does the make other sense. person. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy thought. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's true though. Mm. It and would be. And, and thinking about like every single cell in our body, our DNA is all identical. Hmm. So wouldn't it make sense that every single cell would have the capability and the possibility to create and fire things and host memories and host memories? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cells are, have um, uh, we we call it muscle memory. That's right. When you when you're doing workout in the gym, you become better at it because your muscles become more aware of what's going on. And that's with everything. That's the muscle of the brain. That's mm. the muscle of you know consistently. You know, okay, you might have failed. You might you know the word failure. Um, try again. You know, just keep going. Yeah, failure, I like to... The word I replace with failure, failure is lesson. Le- it's a lesson. What did I learn from this? What did I learn from it? Like, um, did what did I, I learn from this? What, did I fuck up or did someone else fuck up? It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And it, it's not about getting bogged down in that. It's about overcoming that. Mm. Like, yep. Easier said than done, though, because emotions are, are yeah. an interesting thing. Well, it's, it's, it, well, we're talking about the brain, right? If we, mm. you talk about IQ, you also have um, EQ, emotional um, intelligence. Yeah. Um, so, um, um, you know, you can measure... So, you, the interesting thing about IQ is it used to be thought that IQ couldn't be increased, but it's now proven that you can increase your IQ. The more, And it's true. Like, when you think about it, if you read more, and we all know this, when you read more, you, you become sharper. So You just do. You're completely right. So the oldest people... Live to the, be an old age, mm. you know, to the oldest people, mm. um, are actually women, mm. and a lot of these women they actually read crime novels, mm. romance, crime, all these different types of novels, and it's quite interesting. My great grandmother is still alive, mm. 
thank you for being here and I'm going to visit you once the borders open up. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out. Big shout out. <laughs> uh, she's 98 this year. Oh, wow. Good innings. And, you know, she's, you know, her, her husband, my great-grandfather, passed away close to 20 years ago. Mm. And um, every day she reads three, four, five hours. Mm. She's gardening. I can't believe it. It's, 98 and still out in the yard. I remember, Gardening, yeah, yeah, digging holes. You know, I remember her, it's a bit touching, but I remember her telling me at 89 years old, look, I'm probably not going to see you next year. Yeah. And I said, really? I said, you know what? Don't think about it. You read, you garden. Yeah. And then I've, I've still got to come here and eat your food. You can't, you can't be, nah, it's crazy talk. Don't be saying that. Yeah, don't, do, don't be bringing in those negative ways. Yeah, that's right. And now nine, she's 98 this year. And mm. um, hopefully I'll be there next year to celebrate her 99th. Mm. And, well, hopefully um, she gets a letter from the Queen. Do well, they still do that? I, I don't know, but she's in, she's in uh, Portugal. Mm. So I don't know if she get a letter from the Queen. Oh, okay. Maybe the President. Yeah, no, I don't think uh, the. I think the. I think that uh, between the Portuguese and the English, there's a bit of bad blood there back in the past. You well, know, they, they the, with the whole colonialization yeah, of the world, the colonialization. I'll put that out. <laughs> colonialization. But it's funny you say that because the oldest alliance in history is between England and Portugal. Really? Yeah. yeah well, I, Over 250 years old at the moment. Wow. You know, give or take five years or ten. Yeah. Well, well maybe not exact to that. You know, you've got it in the decade space, though. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. Space. Exactly. That's all right. We'll we'll let you off on that. We'll let, no, we don't, right. we're don't need to fact check you on that yeah I, I, but i but i think uh, in the well don't think as well let me let me rephrase that it's known that in the brain um that we release um a different biochemistry that mm. uh, that causes us to react or respond um you know if you have more cortisol in your brain um, which is inhibited by stress um you can have a hippocampus um what do you call it amygdala sorry the amygdala hijack they call it you have an amygdala mm. hijack where you are just purely acting on emotion and in evolutionary periods, this is important because if you've been chased by wolves and you're at it's the cliff edge, and you need this. Yeah, you need a cortisol because cortisol lowers your IQ. It That's forces right. you. It doesn't force you, but it, it allows you to make stupid decisions. Because if you've got a choice between being eaten by wolves and jumping off the cliff into water, but you've got a 30, your brain logically knows I've got a thirty percent chance of surviving this fall, which means I've got a seventy percent chance of not surviving this fall. And um, when you've got cortisol in your brain, it's easier to make that decision to leap. So it's interesting. Uh, caffeine mm. actually breaks down muscle, mm -hmm. which turns into adrenaline. And if you have too much of it, mm. it brings cortisol into your body. Yeah. I, I always know when I've, I've had a cortisol rush because you just you feel immediately stupid and emotional. Um, I, I, you, you can't be as cognitive and you can't... And usually, um, what I, when, when I've had an emotional experience, I, these days I try to step away for, for 15 minutes. You know, I just, I just have to admire... You know, I've got to admire this man here in front of me. <laughs> you, my friends, you have such awareness and it's so beautiful to see. You know, you know, you know how many fellow men and women as well, but I'm mm -hmm. referring now to men who just don't have awareness of themselves, who don't know themselves that well, you know, and it's really nice to see that. You know? Yeah, man, I could, but I think it's about personality types. There's, okay. I, I believe there's five personality types out there. There's personalities that are aware of themselves, but know that they can't change. There's a personality type out there that are aware of themselves and have the ability to change. There's people that are out there that um, are not aware of their own personality. And there's people that are out there that want to have the ability to change but can't change. And there's mm. those that have the ability to change but they're not aware. So there's these different personality types that are out there. And we're all sort of chemically geared that way. But I'm, I'm a big propon uh, 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 proponent for um, 
uh, being able to change that. Like we used to, yes, be- we used to believe that you couldn't change IQ. But yeah. It turns out you can. Well, as you can years, change IQ as years go by. We always having things that are challenging the narrative mm. that you know have been created for us. It's like before they, you know. The one minute mile, they believed that they couldn't be done. Mm. Couldn't be, you couldn't go f- further than that. Impossible. Impossible. Yep. Turns uh, out, wrong. 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 I uh, can't break the speed of sound. Wrong. Wrong. Of course, of course you, you can. can't. You can't fly in a, met- in a metallic bird. Yeah, no. Wrong. wrong. You can't. Of course you can. All these things are totally possible. Can't Going go to into space. Can't go to the moon. Can't go to the space. Yeah, yeah all right. All, you can't split the atom. I feel like I'm in outer space right now. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, actually. Uh, but uh, yeah, when you look at um, EQ, um, emotional intelligence, mm. they've always known that you can modify your emotional intelligence, but it's all set up through neural pathways. It's what you tell yourself. If you tell right. yourself that you're a piece of shit, you're going to eventually believe it. That's right. Because you've set that neural pathway. A hundred percent. And if you don't, if you if you program yourself that way, you will always feel that. It becomes about boundaries mm. with yourself. It becomes about your own values and boundaries with yourself. In saying, okay, hold up a sec. I can't believe I just said that. Mm. You know what? That's okay. I forgive myself. But I'm having the awareness, you know, to to move forward. I'm having the awareness to look back on that. Yeah, accountability without judgment. You have to recognize Correct. and own your um, own your actions, but at the same time going, well, but that was me at that time and, that's and, right. and now and today okay. I can be different. And that's okay. Yeah. You've know? you got to forgive yourself because we all fuck up. We all make mistakes. Surrendering. We have yeah. to surrender to what has been and surrender to what is right now. Well, another, another way to look at it as well um, is to, uh, this is advice I've taken from Misty actually, this is a very good one, is that to look upon your situation because when you're in your situation, you're emotionally charged. It's hard to see outside the box. That's when right. you stand outside the box, you can look at it and identify and go, well, that's over there and that's what that thing is. When you look upon it, if you can look upon your situation, uh, you can give it better definition, being able to look upon it. Um, and as well, I've got uh, some other friends I, I, I've got that have fucked up monumentously. Like, uh, and uh, they said, man, I've done this and it's really affected all these people. I go, well, you've got to think about it. You're a powerful person and... Mm. Um, by you fucking up this bad, you affected a hundred people, right? And they go, yeah, yeah. I said, and that's the power that you have. You know, that's even though you fucked up, you have to recognise that when you fuck up, like it affects everyone. Mm. So you must be a powerful person. Wow, interesting. You know, so some way of putting it. Yeah, it is because if if you if you fucked up in such a way, it means that you had some form of responsibility. It means you had some form of uh, custodianship, and it means you you've boggled that up in some way. And if it's affected a whole bunch of people, it means you're a powerful person. So you have the power to change that problem. What a great way of putting it. Mm. What a great way of putting I re- it. I really believe that. that because and you've got to give praise to where it is. That's why I asked you at the start of the show, is a motivational speaking about giving a silver lining or is it really about changing the optics on a situation? Because we could look at a thing, anything, it's so many different it's ways. It's about changing the optics. It's about having that awareness. Mm. It's about, you know, not judging yourself, but at the same time, uh, well, not judging yourself, period. It's about looking at it, and, you know. I'm trying to keep a, the terminology simple. Mm. I don't want to get too complicated. With oh the no, that's okay. No, get complicated. People don't mind. They don't mind. Let it, let let it, let it fly, man. But I say, look upon it. I definitely look upon it. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. But I, I don't know. I think for me, I can't even tell me what to do. Like when someone tries to tell me so, what to do, so here's something. Interesting. I don't, I don't respond well. So here's something interesting. I'm gonna Especially if I get told I can't do something. Oh, yeah. If I get told I can't do something, that, that's like a mm. that's like a, a rag to a bull. Well, it's mm. actually, it doesn't matter. That's rag a red flag I found What's out. That? Well, you know, a red flag to a bull. Oh, okay. But I, I actually found rag, out... I thought you said rag to a bull. Yeah, a rag to a bull. I say a rag to a bull because it turns out that bulls don't care about red. 
Oh. They just care about the rag. Like you move something, if you wave in front of them, it's the motion that makes them aggressive, not oh, the colour. Okay. Yeah, but if you wave a blue flag in front of a bull aggressively, they go, mm, they hate that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It's like a rag to a bull. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you can stand in red and stand in the middle of um, a, a, a bull pen, right? And you can have a whole bunch of guys in blue that are um, antagonizing a bull, and they, the bull won't get anywhere near the red guy. Wow. They, 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 they respond to motion. So really Their eyes work quite on motion. Intelligent. Hmm? Well, they're just intelligent beings. Of course they are. Of yeah. course they are. I, um, well, speaking of intelligence, like you, know, you look at cows, right? Cows are thought to be these dumb animals that just stand and chew cud all day. Mm. I'm not that I'm a vegetarian. I love beef, by the way. Before I go into this, I, I, I love McDonald's probably too much. Um, but I... Um, this is not sponsored by McDonald's. This is not, definitely not sponsored by McDonald's. But if you look at... There's videos out there of um, people um, being playful with cows. Like cows respond like dogs. Mm. Like they, it, because we, we, we find dogs affectionate. And, and if people to eat dogs, we're like, oh, well, that's taboo. You can't do that. They're, they're man's best friend, man. What the yep, fuck are you doing? Yep, 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 yep. But yet we go and eat all these cows. So, so I, I think it's a weird way we look at shit, man. Yeah, look, it's uh, all the optics. It's all how we look at it. It really is. I, for me personally, like I'm, I'm not vegan. However, I do enjoy a vegan lifestyle. Mm. I really enjoy eating. You know, one, two, three, four days a week. I don't think about it. Mm. Just it's convenient. It's easy, and you know I'm getting the nutrients into my body. Mm -hmm. Makes me feel lighter. But I do love meat as well. Mm. But the way that I consume it, yeah, I try to go more organic has the animal had a good life? I try mm. to go for more wild game, mm. all of that stuff. So yeah, know, me too. I try to, I yeah, try to. We try, we try. Mm. Yeah. And that's all. And that's this first couple of steps of it. You know, there was a mm. great documentary, Sea Spiracy that I watched. Mm. Have you seen it? I haven't seen this one though. No. Oh, mate. You got Heart hitting. It. Will you it turn me into it. a vegetarian? <laughs> I don't think so. Because I've got these vegetarian mates that go, you got to watch this, it'll turn you into a vegetarian. I'm like, no, uh, um, I, I now understand how the sausage is made, but I'm still going to eat it, man. Like, uh, like it will pass. It will pass. Right. I'm a human. It, it, won't, it, will. it won't. Look, for some people, it will, but mm. I believe that it won't for yourself. Mm. Um, but it, it is more about understanding where the fish come from um, and how they, they affect our ecology how they affect uh, yeah totally you know well i know about everything. this in general i just know about this in general like um um you know even like you know for instance um fish farming right you would think that fish farming sounds like a mm. uh, an environmentally friendly thing but it's not but it's not it turns out it's no, not no. doesn't matter what we do there is doesn't actually what we do. it's funny you said that because there's actually a really really good fish farm but mm. it's not considered a fish farm mm. so this place in spain um you know they one of the main rivers in the south of spain they filled it up with all this soil and dirt and whatnot, and they tried to have cows on there. Yeah, mm. the Argent—I don't know if you've heard of the Argentinian beef, beef, the Argentinian no. uh, cattle. How it's like amazing and all this stuff. Well, like, I'm gonna go check of, it out. I can tell you that. Quality, <laughs> yeah, it's like an Angus. Yeah, in terms of quality. Anyway. Yeah, I love beef, man. They Big had, beef fan. In Spain, um, they had. You I'd know, get all a pet these... cow though. I would get a pet cow. Yeah. Really? Would I eat the pet cow? Would you eat the pet cow? No. No. Don't do that. Don't do that. I had a pet chicken once. Did you eat the chicken? Oh, mate. No, I didn't eat the chicken, bro. I, mm. I got oh, home. Man, I, I know I'm going to sidetrack, but I've got an awesome rooster story for you if you want yeah? it. I've got yeah. an awesome rooster story. Let, oh, can, I, can I quickly finish this story? How, how long have we got to go, Misty? you got time. Oh, we got time. Well, you finish yeah. the story and right. I'll tell you my right. rooster story. So, south of Spain, filled it up with soil. They realized it wasn't working because it was all marshland. And mm. so they got rid of all the soil mm. again. And what they've done is they introduced all the fish, the natural 
um, you know, the natural fish. Mm -hmm. So the runoff from all the agriculture comes at the beginning. Mm -hmm. They've got all these prawns and whatnot that's eating. And then afterwards, it's got all these, it's just like stage, 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 mm -hmm. but it's all natural. And the way that they measure it is they measure it on the health of the birds. So oh, so, uh, yeah, so it's aquafarming as well. So aquafarming and, and, and ecology. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, so it's uh, they measure the health of the birds. If they, mm -hmm. they study the birds and if the birds are healthy, then the fish is healthy. And that's how they know. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, they are um, birds are an indicator of the environment, mm. uh, like frogs. Frogs are a good indicator of the environment. Fish are a great indicator of the environment. Um, uh, like there's there's dudes out there that actually that are big on eating fish, and they've got mercury poisoning. Like because Tony Robbins actually Tony yeah. Robbins he actually got mercury poisoning. And, yeah, from eating um, fish, yeah. Yeah, so from yeah. eating big fish, so swordfish. So what happens is all these big fish. Because they're the predator fish, and all they eat all the little fish that collect the mercury, right? right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because um, well, the, what if it only if only it was like that with gold, you just yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah, gold doesn't do that unfortunately. <laughs> You're like, oh, got, got too much gold in me. I better go take it out. Well, the problem with gold and mercury, right, is especially uh, lead. Uh, so not gold and mercury, sorry, lead and mercury. They have similar problems. That's where the Mad Hatter story comes from. Yeah, man, because uh, lead is a weird thing of what it does to your body because mm. you've got some uh, neural transmissions in you, right, that work off magnesium, that work off iron. Uh, so you got hematite, uh, sorry, hemoglobin in your blood. Yeah. Um, got calcium Carries in your the bones oxygen. so we've got we have a lot of metal in us right mm. and these metals are highly reactive and they react and they create enzymes and they act like a key in a chain right mm -hmm. so they act together lead is a very similar shape to a lot of these enzymes Ooh. so but when you look at its atomic structure it masks itself as other enzymes but what it does is it, it, it blocks um uh, neurotransmission so the neuro neuron will hook onto a lead a molecule, not a molecule, but an atom, right? It will hook onto it, thinking it's something else, but it's not, and it it's won't not. let go of it. So it blocks and inhibits neural interaction. Wow. And that's why you go crazy. And that's where you get Alzheimer's from uh, aluminium. Did you know that? Yeah, aluminium. aluminium yeah, well, there, there, is, there is studies that show that um, the use of aluminium can increases um, what they call amyloid. So when, you're, when your brain has a lot of amyloid, which is a fancy word for plaque, so you get plaque on your teeth, you get cholesterol in your mm. heart. Well, what your brain does, it, it grows amyloid, which is like a plaque. When that plaque grows, it um, stops neuroactivity, which creates Alzheimer's and dementia. That's right. Um, so, um, but they reckon that potentially aluminium increases the growth of amyloid. That's what yeah. they, they haven't fully well, proven it. Makes, it. It makes sense though. Well, the older pots, the older pots that you used to boil in years ago, aluminium. they believe were responsible some of them, for it. Some of them are still, they still use aluminium pots now. Mm. Well, the interesting, yeah, but it's, it's a hard one because aluminium is such a non-reactive metal. It doesn't react with a lot of things. Mm. It doesn't exist in nature. Mm. Like you can't, like when you find gold, like you can find it as, as gold, right? Yeah, lead, right. you can find it in Galena. You can actually yeah. find chunks of lead in nature. You can find mm. these things. Um, but um, aluminium, you can't find in nature. It doesn't exist as a metal in nature. Um, it has to be the way that aluminium is made is through bauxite and what they do with bauxite is they electrically charge it and they charge it with so much electricity it breaks its bond and then you have a, uh -huh. a you have a slag and then you'll have the aluminium wow. interestingly I know here's something to blow your mind right mm. um, if you look at the geological cycle of the earth mm. um, for the last six billion years aluminium didn't exist in the environment yeah now it does so it's now part of the rock cycle. So when when wow. when aluminium gets chewed up into sedimentary rock, it now forms sandstone, but it has little bits of 
How many minutes? It's never ha never happened in the history of the solar system. Has that no. ever happened? And so you know, we humans have created this. Yes, yeah, I mean plastics, man. Plastics never existed. Uh, we've actually don't created. You're talking about plastics. Yeah, but now uh. we've now we've started a cycle of um, geological history that has never mm. been known before. Before humans, before dinosaurs, none of this ever existed. Um, so there, there's an interesting geological record that is going on. Perhaps in the future, when we start mining other planets in different solar systems, we'll What's be able already, to come across the plastic traces of a previous civilization that lived there. Yeah, there's already companies that are getting involved in that. I want to hear about this story, the rooster. Oh, the rooster story. Oh, you'll yeah. love this story. You'll love it. You're making you're, me hungry. Yeah, this this story is fantastic. So I, I was um I was in um East Timor as, as a peacekeeper. Oh, in the military. In the military, yeah. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, we, we won't get into that part of it. Just yep, the only yep, the yep. important part was what I was, year? What year? Uh, I was in two thousand. Two thousand. I was a peacekeeper in uh, Interfet. Yeah. Oh wow. Um. Oh no. Post Interfet. So the you first. Might, you might know someone I know. Yeah, yeah, well. I, I, that's what I was saying. I, I know yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. in those circles. Um, but I, um, I was in a place called Balibo, okay. right? And uh, we're in this village, and I got to know the local village owner, and his name was Orlando, lo lovely fellow. Uh, started teaching me Tatum so I could speak the, the mm -hmm. local language. And um, I used to have all, all these um, farm animals just used to wander around the village, like, you know, pigs and oxes and, mm -hmm. you know, this sort of thing. And um, there was this one chicken, no, sorry, rooster, that became my pet rooster. And I called oh, him George. And George, nice. and I used to call him George the flat battery rooster, right? Okay, why's that? Because when he would crow in the morning, so to get to roosters in the wild, right, <laughs> you can get them to crow, right? And all you do to get a rooster to crow, right, because what a rooster does before it crows, it will, like, flap its wings. Mm. Right? It will, and it will make an audible sound, like it will go... Yeah. Right, that's yeah, how they do yeah, it, right? Yeah. But another big rooster will hear a rooster starting up and then jump the gun. So, oh. so you can get if you're surrounded by a whole bunch of roosters, just slap your thigh for a little bit, and then they'll start going off. Wow! Because I think that they're prepping to to crow. I've got to be careful when I do that. Start yeah. Being around roosters, so. yeah, yeah, just, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, do the Steggles leg slap. Um, oh but uh, like I, I th yeah, um, uh, with George, he would do his crow, and he would mm -hmm. he would do it a flat battery kind of way. So he'd start out all strong. He'd go. No, and that's how you do a crow. Oh, wow. So I used to call him George the Flat Battery Rooster because it sounded like his batteries had run out during get, his crow. should have got George on the podcast. And George, I should, man, but uh, uh, George was a really sexy rooster. Was he? He used to walk around with chickens following him. He had like man. six families following him around and he used to strut his stuff. Like, no, he was, shout out to George. Big shout out to George. George was amazing. So Christmas Day came and I was looking for George. Oh, no. And I couldn't find George anywhere. And I went up to see Orlando and I could see that they had this uh, uh, rooster on a spit just spinning around. I'm like, George! George! Uh, <laughs> they ate George. Um, uh, I've got to tell you my story about the jigger. So, yeah, I had a taste of George. George was pretty good. George was good. So, but I, <laughs> <sighs> That's my funny story about George. I'm uh, sure he's up there looking down, going, "Man, why do you have to tell that story?" <laughs> I was the man. I had, I had, I had a harem, I had like six families, and they ate me. <laughs> and one, and uh, I used mate. to feed him, man, to feed him mm, up, get him mm. big. Yeah, I used to feed him all the Maybe time. Maybe that's what happened. Orlando's like, "Huh, I haven't been uh, feeding this uh, rooster, but uh, this rooster well, is I, now all of a sudden getting bigger and fat." Well, this I think perfect well, for. Uh, well, I think with Orlando knowing me and knowing him, he probably had in his mind like, you know, I'm going to eat that rooster at Christmas, right? But you know, just let it go. Yeah. If yeah, he's going to yeah, feed yeah. my rooster, why not? Okay. Why not? He's going to get him fatter. 
I yeah. had a um, so <laughs> out of forty-eight eggs in an incubator, um, one of them came out and Velociraptor. No. <laughs> Well, that's actually, it's funny you say that. That's how they, that's that's exactly how they did it with the chicken egg. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, well, it turns out what came first, the chicken or the egg? Answer is dinosaur. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a dinosaur. It's actually a dinosaur, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, this uh, chicken came out. Yeah, 48, 48? Out of 48 48 eggs, eggs, yeah. Only one of them came mm. out, and I called it Lucky. Lucky. Mate. Good name. Lucky. Oh. Lucky chicken. Should be, should be on my finger, should be on my shoulder. Bouncing around? I'd come home, I'd open up the, the pen, she'd come next to me, you know, having a chat. And um, then I disappeared. Uh, I went away, I went on holidays, I moved out. Mm-hmm. And um, one day I came back and, uh, you know, always uh, come back to, you know, to my mum's house. So I always go, go have a look at Lucky, you mm-hmm. know. Come back, I go, where's Lucky? Oh. And uh, they, my brother, my little brother, now he's 12, but back mm-hmm. then he was about four. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, oh, we ate it. Oh, you ate Lucky. And I was like... You ate Lucky? Oh, yeah, Lucky. That's my fucking pet bird, man. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, was a bit, I was a bit like... Mm. But would you eat Lucky, though, if you had to? If I had to? Yeah. But I would... It would be like last it'd resort. Be, it'd be difficult, though. Eating a pet would be bloody difficult. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I could get a cat, uh, pet cow, but I don't know if I could eat the pet cow. They're yeah. pretty affectionate animals. They're pretty affectionate. So, th- so this is where I'm getting more into like the whole vegetarian, vegan lifestyle. You know, two, three days a week, mm. I eat more plant-based, you know, salads and all that kind of jam. Yeah. And, I don't know, um, but if you look at... I know I've looked at this as well, at this data. If you if you if if we turn the entire world uh, vegetarian, mm. it would take up so much land space. We would have to kill so many species to take up the space to but do it's it. It's the way you do it. And, and, the, way, and the way that we yeah. currently farm is not good. No, so... so it's, not, it's not chemically good for the earth. No, so I think it's sustainability. Mm. So it's about combining sustainability. And my, a good friend of mine, actually, shout out to Jordan. Big he, shout out, Jordan. Big shout out, Jordan. Get it, mate. Um, he's actually <laughs> works with... Uh, insects and he's actually starting cricket he's actually cricket farming oh yeah at the moment. yeah i've seen stories about this yeah but so they eat the crickets right because they're protein based yeah so then nine um what is it nine times more efficient than uh cows yeah yeah they got a lot of protein yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but they also there's, there's other things that they're doing with insects at the moment as well and that's for pollination because there's a, the bee scarers out there if we lose the bees we lose the whole lot which is probably true. It's true. Um, unless we start working with wasps, and fuck them, man. I can, can you wasps. imagine? Can you imagine? Be like, oh yeah, I farm wasps. Fuck you, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> who are these people? Yeah, yeah. Who are these people? <sighs> yeah, yeah. We only do it because the bees died. You know? Do you think I would yeah, want to yeah. work with wasps? No. <laughs> yeah, there's crazy people just walking around with nothing on, and they just got wasps all over them. Yeah, yeah. So you can work with bees, and they won't sting you, right? But wasps, no. Actually, there's there's some really nice little native. There's a lot of bees. I didn't know this, but there's a lot of bees, and there's an Australian native bee. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's a little thing. tiny little thing. Tiny little thing. Yeah, it's apparently the honey is amazing. I've never had it, but apparently it's amazing. There's um the first time I was introduced to it. There's a place in uh, Byron Bay called mm. the Farm. Of course, it's in Byron Bay. And <laughs> no, I kid you not. Their hive is this big. Mm. Yeah, well, no, it's a tiny little thing. Their hive. It's a little thing, and it's actually up on the wall, and it actually says Australian native bees. You know, and, yeah, then, wow. and they come out little things. They come out, and there's little flowers there. And it's really interesting how the um, uh, the the um, indigenous fellows used to um, track these bees. Oh. He used to get a little tiny feather and they tie it to the bee, and then they'll follow it. 
to it really? to a time. Yeah, because they used to grow on the hollows of um, or well, they still do, I imagine, but they grow on the hollows of uh, gum trees. Wow. So they they find a little hollow and then that's that where they make their so the, hive. So the old way of uh, creating a hive is actually you get um they used to do it in, in Portugal get cork mm-hmm. um the they take the cork off and then they'd wrap it up with uh, some string mm-hmm. and you'd get like um something sweet mm. like a um, sugary wine mm. or something sweet and you'd put it inside and you'd have heaps of them and they'll just start to make and then a so so slowly they would just smell it and then it'd come in and then you know eventually. It, they would turn into a hive. Not all of them, mm. but some of them will turn into a hive. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of money in honey. A lot of money in honey, man. Um, Why do you think it's like, lucky, lucky, chicken dinner. Yeah. It's like, honey, honey, <laughs> money, money. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. There's a lot of money in honey, man. Um, they, they actually have counterfeit honey out there. I know, I've it's seen counterfeit that. honey. They mix sugar. Like, what yeah, the fuck, yeah, man? Yeah, 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 Why yeah. the fuck are you counterfeiting it? Assholes. It's all for bloody profit. All for profit, man. Because uh, the, the the most expensive honey to rip off, I think, is the manuka, the manuka yeah, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they uh, they rip that off, or they just do normal honey and label it, but or they increase their yield by injecting it with syrup, and you know. So there's actually professions out there that test honey. Like their job is to test the the the, the purity Imagine of. Imagine meeting someone at the pub and be like, "So what do you do for work?" I test honey. I'm a honey purification expert. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Honey purification expert. Yeah, HPE. Yeah. HPE. <laughs> Sounds like a man. It's a brand right there. I mean, I used to go to when I when I when I was single going to pubs. I used to uh, come up with all kinds of different jobs because I was in the military, obviously. And um, uh, you couldn't say that you're in the military because then you're just another uh, just an, another another AJ, right? Yeah, Army yeah. jerk. And uh, so I'd come up with different things. A common one to go for is was the, the HP. No, no, the dolphin <laughs> trainer. Dolphin oh. trainer is a common one to go to, mate. Because it's quite romantic. I used to have that on my. Um, was it Bumble? I used to have it on my Bumble. Mm. Dolphin trainer. Dolphin trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah my they, friend... They uh, like the dolphin trainer. Yeah, my friend said to me, oh, put it on. And I said, oh, I don't know. Okay, look, yeah, here's the phone. You write the stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I think I... I was just like, dolphin trainer? No. Every every uh, person's a dolphin trainer these days. Yeah, no. Well, see, that's it. Everyone's a dolphin trainer. So, I come up with my own gimmick. Mm. Was that I was an apprentice tow truck driver. That's cool. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah, and I'm just getting into the industry. Uh, an apprentice tow truck driver. Um, yeah, you have an mm. alias. My name was Hank. Hank, the apprentice tow truck driver. Mate. But then you start thinking about it. How it do sounds you... like a short film. Yeah, yeah. How, how does one become an apprentice tow truck driver? Well, basically, I got a license and I follow around car accidents. It wasn't really hard. Um, but <laughs> no one questioned it. No one questioned it. You go, oh, I'm a pyrotechnician. They're going to start asking questions, right? Yeah. Like, how, many, how many questions can I answer about pyrotechnics? Probably about four. When I get to five, six questions, I'm out of my depth. Uh, but, you know tow truck driving mm. i could talk all night about that when was the last time <laughs> when was the last time you called a tow truck when i moved here actually yeah so three years ago three years ago i called the tow truck wow yeah i had to move my because i've got a kingswood um uh, i've got a hobby car that i've recently sold go on you ben if you're listening um by the way come pick up your car um <laughs> he probably is listening to this um, but yeah, no, so yeah, a couple of years ago when I moved house, cause I had mm. to move my car and it wasn't, it's not registered. So I, I couldn't okay. drive it. So I had to, I had to get it towed. Mm. Like I tow it every time I move. Don't I Misty? Mm. Yeah. See? Yeah. There we go. Nice. Nice. Confirmed. You're going to have to show me some photos of it. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but look, man, I think, we, I think we've come into, I think we've come to the end. Oh. I think we're at the end. Wow. Um, uh, we didn't get to cover a whole bunch, but you know, um, if, if someone needs to contact you for hostings, MCs, yeah, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram 
uh, Helder, H-E-L-D-E-R dot Fernandez uh, dot official. Um, you can also find me, um, you can also send me an email, helder-fernandez at live.com. This is not for the HPE experts out there. Not, yeah, not yeah, for no, the honey. No, no, yeah, not for the honey. Purification experts out there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is for serious, serious Look. talk. <laughs> Looking for bread, okay? We're looking for money. Looking if you for want to bread. hire us, give us a call. We'll, we'll be out there. But motivational speaking, to educate people, where should people go to um, find good uh, a good motivational speaker? So it's not really a motivational speaker. It's it's um, motivational speaker can be quite um, bastard. What's the word? Bastardized. Um, that's the word. They do actually. I'm gonna you break know? that down for you. Wait, but what are you saying? It, it's more of a. Um, Again, coming back to falling in love with the journey. It's about the mindset. It's about understanding mindset, understanding your heart. So it's like a, I don't like to use this word either anymore, but it's like a holistic approach. Mm. But having all of this knowledge and then sort of being like, it's a different type of mythology. Yeah, but you, got to, you do have to zoom out though. You have mm. to zoom out and look at the big picture. That, that is a part of it. But a holistic view is, is has been hijacked a little bit. It's been hijacked. Yeah, yeah but um, yeah, okay, so not motivational speaker, but um, inspirational educator. How about inspirational that? educator. I like that. Inspirational like that. educator. Inspirational educator. All right. Very well, good. So don't forget to go and check out Holder as an in, uh, inspirational educator and MC and host. Um, go and check out his content online. Yeah. But, yeah. No. But once again, thank you for so much for being on the show, man. Thank I you really for having me. It. it was a pleasure. Thank you for the great yeah, laughs. Cheers, man. Cheers. cheers. Yeah, I had you. a really good time. Thank you I very know. much. Thank you for the story. Uh, better have a drink. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I like that. You can't. You can't have a cheers and not drink. You have to. It's drink. bad luck. It's bad luck. Do you know what they say? Seven years of bad sex. Oh yeah, can't have that. Can't have that. <laughs> can't have that. Got to definitely uh, and and look in the eyes when you cheer someone. Look them in the eye. You have to look in the eyes. You have to look them in the eye. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like you're being intimate. You're like, yeah, yeah. How are you doing, baby? <laughs> definitely not having those seven years of bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly on that note, uh, I, I think uh, we we got to uh, get off the train. Okay. All right, but once again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. You guys have been watching The Pager Train. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Amazon, and of course, iHeartRadio. And for our viewers out there, YouTube. And if you've been watching us on YouTube and been having a good time, don't forget to subscribe. Every subscriber counts. You've been watching The Pager Train, and we'll see you next time. Sonic Boom. All done. How'd you go, Misty? Did you push record? Hopefully. Or do we have to do that again? <laughs> Oh, yes. no, no, we'll be good. We'll be good. Uh, kill the record. Okay. Kill the record, please.